welcome to the greatest NBA podcast of all time, Stat Chasers. <clears throat> I am your host, at the underscore hunt 08, the host of Thunder Chats podcast. And I am joined today by Stuart Gardner of the Raptors Rundown. Stu, how's it going, man? It's going great. I love when the NBA drama doesn't involve my team. There we go. Segwaying into it, but first I have to preface that Maddie Moles is not with us right now, but you will hear from Maddie Moles. He had to give his take on what the subject of this podcast is, so we will hear from Maddie Moles towards the end of the podcast. But before we get into that, we've got to hit some other quick news. Quick news in the NBA. So uh, first off, Dwayne Wade signs a one-year contract with Miami Heat, says, one last dance. Stu, what's your take on Wade retiring? Well, I mean, obviously, when I was coming up, and as an NBA fan, Dwayne Wade was a big part of that, so it's uh, bittersweet to see him go. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm glad that he gets a retirement tour with, with the Heat. Uh, it's, he, he deserves it, and he's been a good player for them for a long time. All right, give me one retirement gift that a team would give Dwayne Wade like they did Derek Jeter in his retirement run. Boy. Uh, <laughs> whatever what he's getting from the Lakers is going to be pretty nice simply because his best friend LeBron's there, right? So uh, maybe he's going to – who knows? I think actually, though, tough to say. Ron already gave him the gift of whatever, two rings. Tough to say. Yeah, that's true. I just put you on the spot. I figured I'd try it. Uh, I, was trying to, I was trying to pick one up, but I honestly got nothing. He's going to get some seats. He's going to get uh, whoever. I'm trying to remember what the team was uh, where he had dunk, where he did the little cabbage patch dance afterwards. Oh, yeah. Favorite. I don't know who he did that against either. That was one of his like signature dunks too. Oh, it's one. It's one of my favorite dunks ever. Um, so wh- whatever team that is, you better believe he's getting a poster of that. Or a Cabbage Patch Kid, which would be adorable, and I hope that's <laughs> what happens. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, the big thing that I that I want to take away from this is Wade turned down fifteen million to go play in China. <laughs> Yeah, I th- and I think that shows more than anything that he's done with basketball, more or less, and he just this year he kind of wants to ride it out in a city he's comfortable with, with a team and personnel he's comfortable with, and he does he doesn't really seem like he's caring about money so much. For sure, for sure. All right, moving on. <clears throat> um, I, this was posted today, actually. Uh, Markel Fultz has debuted his brand-new jump shot. Stu, have you seen the video? I have, and I got to say, it is a marked improvement on the videos we were seeing last year. And it's an improvement just in the fact that the ball's going in. Indeed. (laughs) Um, The the thing that I take away from it is it seems like it's different in every video. Um. I, I might have watched it too closely, but I caught on to this with, like, the fifth clip in the video that was released. He has the shirt off, and, like, when he's shooting it, it's almost like a 2K lag. 
like he's jumping and then his arms are like going in motion like it almost looks like robotic instead of you know fluid so I'm not convinced Marco Fultz has found a shot until I see it consistently but yeah you'll have to check that out because it straight up looks like a 2k lag yeah it's um it's definitely still a work in progress yeah I mean even the even the fluid it, it still looks awkward but you know who am I to judge? He's in the NBA. I'm not. So, good on you, Marco. I'm glad you got a jump shot again, man. All right. And uh, before we touch on some happy news and then some exciting news, uh, we've got to touch on DeMar DeRozan tweeting. What did he tweet, dude? He tweeted, revenge is a dish best served cold, which is – I. And as a Raptors fan, I mean, we saw you know this is coming uh, from Demar because this is he's obviously going to use what happened here to uh, to motivate himself. That said, I am not looking forward for uh, to the first time we play the Spurs because I know what Demar Derozan in um, FU mode looks like, and it is uh, it's it's not fun to play against. <laughs> All right. Uh- I can't say nothing else about it. I just, uh, you know, love the drama of NBA, man, and DeMar's adding to it in a drama-seasoned, eh, really past 24 hours. So, give me more, man. You know, training camp's next week. I need all the NBA I can get. Hmm. Just hook it up for my veins. What is it? Just hook it up for my veins. I love this drama. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, before Okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and touch on this. Um, So the big news in Thunder organization is Russell Westbrook and Nina Westbrook are having twin girls. Uh, It was in a video. um, Nina was talking about a, like, a child training class, like a uh, father-child training class that they have. And it was like Lamont's or something. What is it? Like, Like Lamont's or something, like some, like, couple's yoga thing somewhat it's like I, I don't know how to explain it um it's called the uh wow this is great podcasting uh, i was gonna oh. say um I'm, i you can hear all of our listeners being like really they're gonna talk about russell westbrook having kids right now <laughs> it's called the little ark that's what it's called i i was thinking anchor for whatever reason but no it's called the little ark in oklahoma city um and yeah it's just uh it's just a place to, you know, I guess help with like the process of childbirthing and having kids and whatnot. I don't know all the ins and outs, but the big takeaway from this video is one, you get to see Westbrook being human. He has a smile on his face the whole time. He talks about being a father. He talks about being a husband. And at the end, Nina Westbrook in the most casual way possible just says, we're having twins. And she just keeps talking like, you know, she didn't just drop a bomb you know, <laughs> into NBA Twitter and NBA world. And then Westbrook's like, yeah, I can't wait to have these girls. And you're having twin girls? What the heck? Like, these people are going to be dominating the WNBA news. You can't just say that casually and not expect <laughs> us to freak out. I can't wait to see uh, Russell Westbrook's daughters just cramming in the WNBA. <laughs> uh, I saw a meme of uh, Aisha holding – uh, her daughter, 
and her daughter have like a scared face and somebody said um she's imagining getting dunked on by Westbrook's twins uh, but yeah, for real, it's a uh, super exciting. I mean, uh, the big takeaway is Russell Westbrook triples doubles in life as well as the NBA games. He has a son and now two daughters, so way to pad them stats, Russ. <laughs> All right, and as we get into the drama of the NBA, one more thing before the headliner: uh, Joe Ingles tweeted and said something along the lines of I can't believe my purple jersey's already sold out. And, Stu, since it's Blake Griffin, go ahead and tell him what uh, Blake Griffin said because we know you love Blake, Blake Griffin. Oh, Blake Griffin, because he is the worst, tweeted back, <laughs> yeah, I needed something to uh, burn in my fire or something. I'm paraphrasing. Something to that effect, though. Yep. Go ahead. Tell him the clap back. Tell him the gym teacher clap back. And then Joe Ingles – and again, this is very aggressive. Just comes back, and let me—I gotta track down the proper tweet. But basically, what he basically what he said is that, yeah, like my jersey should be in the rafters next to yours in Staples Center um, because <laughs> Joe Ingles uh, played five preseason games with the Clippers way back when. Fun fact. Yeah, there you go. The more you know. Uh, so basically what he's saying is, um, long-term we have the same legacy with the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> also, is, yeah, go ahead. Which is just not only, it, I mean, it's definitely got some truth to it, but it's also not what I expected to hear from Joe Ingles. It was very aggressive and definitely left Blake feeling like he maybe shouldn't have said anything to Joe to begin with. Notice Blake did not respond. <laughs> well, Joe dropped the mic. No, I uh, I also think it's a little bit of a shot to, you know, if you recall when the Clippers was trying to get Blake to sign that new contract, um, they, they had this whole presentation, and then they put Blake Griffin's jersey in the rafters. And like, you know, we want this to be you. And so just a little salt in the wound there, Joe. Well, like I said, the NBA is the best soap opera. Yes, sir. And getting into the soap opera ist of soap opera. Yeah, you know what I mean. Getting into the soap opera. Oh, my gosh. Getting to the most soap opera part of the soap opera of the NBA. Jimmy Butler, man. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted the Woj bomb that Jimmy Butler has requested a trade from the Minnesota Timberwolves. And NBA Twitter, NBA analysts in the NBA world lost their ever-loving minds. Um, shortly after that, it was released that he had three teams that he preferred going to and that he would sign an extension with. And then shortly after that, it came out those teams would be the Brooklyn Nets, LA Clippers, and New York Knicks. Stu Gardner, what was your initial reaction when you heard Jimmy Butler requested a trade in general and then a trade to those teams? When I heard you requested a trade, my initial reaction was to uh, go to the uh, trade machine on ESPN and see exactly how he could end up on the Raptors because I had visions of elite wing defense dancing in my head. Um, and now with 
the list being released, and it's three teams who are not good. They range from terrible in the Nets to just kind of depressing in the Clippers. Uh, and it, it's clear that so it's clear that Jimmy Butler isn't trying to win, at least not right away, and he's trying to get them checks, which I'll, I'll never uh, I'll never besmirch anyone for. But it was a little disappointing to see. I was hoping that we could see at least one more super team get formed in the NBA this offseason. Yeah, it would have been nice for sure. Um, the thing that screamed out to me at first was Jimmy Butler doesn't want to compete. Like, you know, he wanted to be the guy on a terrible team. He wanted to be Joe Johnson on the Hawks is what I was hearing there. Have this ridiculous contract and never have anything to show for it. <clears throat> but That's a it, really good comparison. Yeah, yeah. Just came out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it came out after that that uh, Wojnarowski, he actually came out and said that the – the Clippers are his top choice because they have room to add not only him, but two other max contract players, you know, once their contracts are cleared up from this season, next off season. And so it kind of takes, you know, the credence to the, you know, wanting to get paid as much as possible. But it also shows that maybe he does want to compete because maybe they, the Clippers, you know, draw in a couple max level players. Maybe you keep Shea Gilgis Alexander. Maybe you keep some of the young guys along with Jimmy Butler, and you you might have a contender in the West. What do you think about that, Stu? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that like Kawhi Leonard doesn't end up there and uh, stays north of the border, which I think he will. We should have mentioned this in the news segment, so I'm just going to quickly mention it now. Kawhi Leonard Bug it. not rented, but bought a house in Toronto recently, which is. Not nothing. It is significant. I don't think DeMar DeRozan ever actually owned a house in Toronto. So, there you go. It's something. There you uh, go. That said, though, I do agree. Um, the more you look into what the salary cap situation is, really on any of those teams, um, New York being a favorite, and Kyrie Irving, once his contract's up and so on, it does seem like what Jimmy's trying to do is secure the bag and then hope that other guys join him which is an interesting strategy. We'll see how it pans out for him. You just quoted dodgeball, kind of. I always try it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. Um, there was actually another report, I don't remember who said it, that said that wherever Jimmy Butler goes, um, he has in mind to try to get that team to acquire Kyrie Leonard. Or, wow, Kyrie Leonard. Kyrie Irving in it as well. And, you know, it also came out that the Clippers thought think that they have a good chance at Kawhi Leonard. So, <clears throat> man, the NBA never stops. It never stops moving. And, you know, it's it, it's super exciting. Um, and it, I'm so just tuned in to what is going on with the whole Jimmy Butler situation. There's not another person probably in the world that's as tuned in as Twitter sensation – Worldwide Wob, Rob Perez. Now, uh, if you don't follow Worldwide Wob on Twitter, what the heck are you doing? Um, the guy's hilarious. He posts the best videos um, during the season of poster dunks, um, ankle breakers, and all the best plays in the NBA. He provides fresh takes in the NBA. And uh, he provides periscopes, live periscopes, of 
any kind of uh, police chase. So you should definitely follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Had to throw that in there because for whatever reason, he's obsessed with police chase. Who doesn't love a nice police chase? You know what? I, I find myself getting lost in watching his live streams. But after Jimmy Butler um, requested the trade from Minnesota, Andrew Wiggins' brother, Nick Wiggins, responded by quote tweeting it and saying, hallelujah, with a blushing smiley face. Not a good look for a, for a guy, by the way. Uh, a blushing smiley face and praise hands. To which Jimmy Butler responds on his Instagram uh, story. He's doing drills, and once he finishes the drills, he lifts his hands and says, hallelujah, keep that same energy. And, of course, our boy Worldwide Wild was right on top of it, tweeting it. And, and, you know, if you want to go back and follow these, you definitely can. It's right there on Wob's Twitter, world underscore, wide underscore, Wob, W-O-B. Highly recommend it. <clears throat> then, this is where it gets real soap opera Soap opera E. Is that a word? It's not a word, but, you know, we're going to go with it. Hold on, I got you. Soap opera-esque. Oh, there you go. This is the English major right here, people. Please right. hire me. No, sorry. What'd you say? Please hire me. I'm an English major. I got I got nothing going on, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, so Robert Letow on Twitter tweeted Internet detectives present evidence that Jimmy Butler hooked up with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend, which caused their breakup and was part of the reason Butler demanded a trade. Now, obviously, there's there's some flames there. I saw you know, somebody saying that whenever the Timberwolves wished Jimmy Butler happy birthday, somebody wrote in a comment that he was celebrating with Carl Towns' girlfriend or whatever, and they deleted it immediately. Thousands of negative comments, but that one they deleted immediately. So it's a little suspicious. But shortly after that, Carl Towns tweeted, three crime laughing faces and hashtag fake news. So Carl Towns denies it, but if you're a player in the NBA, are you going to actually admit that another NBA player stole your girl? It's not a good look. Um, and honestly, that's this whole situation across the board is not a good look for anybody. Um I was saying to you before we started recording, like, really, that's Tom Thibodeau looks bad. Carl Anthony Towns looks Andrew Wiggins and his limited involvement in this has looked terrible. And obviously, Jimmy Butler comes out looking like the type of guy who sleeps with his teammate's girlfriend. So. And we're just getting started. This is a total disaster. And. The news that he was looking for a trade broke when on Monday. Uh, well, no, the request came out yesterday, and he was meeting with Tibbs the day before. So, like, it's ridiculous how quickly this has gone from kind of an interesting sub story to just an absolute dumpster fire in Minnesota at the drop of a hat, oh. really. Yeah. All hands on deck, man. And we're just getting started. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So, Andrew Wiggins went to his Instagram story. Um, nope. Sorry. 
first off, Steven Jackson went to his Instagram, and he had something to say on the matter. And you know what? I'm just going to play this because, you know, what better than to play it from the horse's mouth? This may be NSFW. Just, just warning. No. There we go. This how the conversation should have went with uh, Andrew Wiggins and his brother when Andrew found out his brother sent out that tweet about hallelujah and all that, right? I'm Andrew Wiggins. Say, big bro, I don't think you should have sent that tweet out. Why you say that? Shit, because, you know, Jimmy Butler, man, he played with a lot of heart. He played hard. He played with a lot of heart. And I ain't got no heart. Now, you want to get on social media and talk about Jimmy, we lose him. Our team ain't got no heart. Now, if you want, if you want to take me uh, to the wizard and uh, help me find the yellow big road to give me a heart, then cool. You can talk about Jimmy all you want. Because, you know, I ain't got no heart. So, you going to take that back or, or tell me find the yellow big road and take me to the wizard, man, because... Oh my gosh. He said, Let's take you to the old take me to the old brick road and get me a heart. <laughs> uh Stu, what you gotta say about his comments well, towards Andrew Wiggins? See I know what you're thinking. You're thinking as a Canadian that I'm going to stick up for the former Maple Jordan. Uh, but he's spot on about Andrew Wiggins. Not really. He's got a reputation as not working as hard as he could, and I think it's a deserved reputation. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to be laughing harder at that, uh, at that recording than my dad, who sincerely believes that Andrew Wiggins is like the laziest guy in the NBA. <laughs> uh, and uh, it is Stephen Jackson phrased it very funnily and brought it across very well. And he has a great point. Uh, what What is Andrew Wiggins' brother doing throwing gasoline on this situation? Mm-hmm. For sure, man. He has no place in this. Like, how many people actually knew who Andrew Wiggins' brother was until he inserted his name into it? And that, that could be part of why he did it, honestly. It's definitely... But- it definitely smacks of that. Yeah. So immediately after that, Andrew Wiggins goes to his Instagram story and he types out, old dude stay hating like he was anything special, bum, AWS. I keep that same energy everywhere I go. <clears throat> so, you know, that could be that could be anything. He could have ran into an old guy at the store um, that tried to pick a fight with him. Um, it could have been somebody giving him a ticket that he didn't agree with. Like, you know, that, that could be excused, right, Stu? That's very polite of you to, uh, (laughs) not assume intent there, but I'm just going to say just, and I know Nick Wiggins has been called out for this on Twitter and stuff, but I, Steven Jackson was a 20 point per game scorer for a couple of years in there in the NBA. Nick Wiggins currently plays for the Orangeville A's of the Canadian Professional Basketball League, which I'm sure you didn't know existed until right now. And he averaged 5.4 per He averaged 5.4 points per game in the Canadian Basketball League. So, Nick, pick your battles. What are you doing? (laughs) All right. And to add fuel to the fire, you know, like I said, we we could assume Wiggins was talking about Steven Jackson, but we didn't have any proof. He went back to his IG story and added SJ, 
with a slash, then repeated what he said, leaving leaving nothing to question. To which point, our boy Steven Jackson had something to say about that. Again, not safe for work. Just find that. Say, you got a lot of talent, kid. You got a lot of talent. I, I hope you have a good year. I hope somewhere you can find some heart and find some passion for the game and have a good year. I really wish you the best. Oh, I'm 40. Thank God I'm happy to see Party Bump. I've never been, never been that. You know that. Um, I'm from the old school, bro. I'm cut under the old law. You know what I'm saying? Respect it and check it. All that. I'm going to have that same energy wherever I go, all that. Say, man, make sure your energy straight when you see me, bro. Right? I'm pretty sure you know who I am. Make sure your energy straight. Just focus on finding some heart and having a good year. I wish you the best. You got a lot of time. Just find that. Please don't try to do that with me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just keep that same energy. I catch you in traffic. 100. Whew. Throwing the gauntlet down. Stu, what you thinking about it, man? I'm thinking that uh, Stephen Jackson basically ensured that no new NBA players are ever going to try and pick on him again. Because apparently he's just the clapback god. <laughs> he said, make sure your hands are straight. And he also said, I'll catch you in traffic. Dude, Steven Jackson is like straight up like like G. Like especially like in his NBA days, like he would fight somebody, you know, without the drop of a hat. I, I, I remember mean, the mouse at the palace, man. Like he was in there, there just go. laying people out. <laughs> Steven Jackson wasn't hanging out on the fringes in Malice in the Palace. Steven Jackson was up in the stands with Ron Artest punching fools. Yeah, it was. Him, Ron Artest, and Jermaine O'Neal wouldn't happen. <laughs> All right. Um, the last little – not last piece of news. The, the last piece of news from Nick Wiggins. Nick Wiggins actually commented on that video and said – you hit and you hit catch and shoot threes. Your points per game was probably six and a half. Never been on the highlight unless Duncan was double teamed or Parker kicked it to you. When's the last time you seen your own highlights pop up on YouTube? Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Question mark. LOL. Your retirement looks like it's going great. Nice wall. At that point, it sounds like Nick Wiggins is just trying to save face. <laughs> Which again, Nick Wiggins. You averaged 5.4 points per game for the Orangeville A's. <laughs> Get it together, man. Like, I, Also, the, your points per game was probably 6.5 worries me because I don't think Nick Wiggins knows who Steven Jackson is. Yeah, this, this is true. And uh, because, I mean, obviously, I mean – Steven Jackson didn't have your six and a half points per game. I actually, you know what? Let's let's do some stat chasing. Let's chase some stats a little bit, Stu. Let's uh, let's pull it up. I got a basketball reference right here. Steven Jackson's career low. Um, he has averaged below six and a half points per game three times in his career, and in none of those did he play more than sixty games. Every time Steven Jackson played significant minutes. He scored a lot. See, say what you will about the guy. He locker room wise and stuff. He might not have been the best presence, 
But in terms of his NBA production, you really can't argue with it. Um, he was a good player. It, not, uh, not Hall of Fame, but Hall of Very Good. And for Nick Wiggins to be trying to chuck hands with him when he's – and Nick, I love my Canadians who play basketball, and you were okay on Wichita State back in the day. But, no, pick your battles. Know who you're talking to. And stay out of this. This is, uh, to everyone, every other sibling of anyone else on the Timberwolves, just, just, just keep your mouth shut right now. This situation is not good. Uh, all right, we've got just a couple more things to cover before we get into the fun topics. <clears throat> so, um Let's see here. July 25th, Carl Anthony Towns tweets three times back-to-back. Says, let value speak for itself. Never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. It tells all. Now, this can mean a lot of things, but in retrospect, you kind of feel like it has, you know, it has something behind it. So, won't spend any time on that. But, Wob did some detective work. Uh, Kelly Eco NBA actually tweeted, quote tweeted something that he said back in February. It said, Cat is extremely upset in the tunnel, slams the wall heading into the locker room. Someone with the wolves yells, Cat, come on, quit being a effing pansy. We'll say pansy. Excellent. Um, How about it? Yeah, there you go. He said, quit being an effing pansy. And then, you know, he quote tweeted and said, he confirmed this was Jimmy Butler. So, Wob did some uh, research, found the date, and said this was actually the game that Jimmy tore up his knee uh, in the third quarter versus the Rockets, in which they lost 120-102. to So, lots of things being put together. <clears throat> last last little bit of piece of news on this before we get into some trades. Um, Lori Markinen, did you see this, Stu? I did. Lori Markinen posted the ultimate throwback Thursday of him wearing a Minnesota Timberwolves hat in front of a backdrop, uh, a televised backdrop with the Timberwolves logo on it because the Timberwolves drafted him and he was later traded to the Bulls in part of the Jimmy Butler trade. And, uh, man, what, (laughs) what great timing. Um, Donovan Mitchell actually quote tweeted it and just put Petty with three T's and eyes. So you know he was serious. Yeah, yeah. You you know he meant it when he puts three T's and five Y's. But you know, like I said, it's been a crazy past twenty four hours with all the news, all things that have been happening, all the developing stories with Jimmy Butler. But in the end, Jimmy Butler did request a trade. And while he had three teams on the top of his list, there are 30 teams in the NBA. We are going to try to do a trade for almost every team in the league. Right after this. We are done with the news. We're going to move on to possible potential trades. Stu Gardner. Yes, sir. You are going to be every single team's GM, except for Minnesota Timberwolves. How's that sound? That's that's my fantasy. Honestly, I'm waiting for every team <laughs> to hire me. You've got all the money in the world, my man. <clears throat> Basically, I'm going to present these trades to you. 
Um, I'm not going to do it like the Thunder podcast down to dunk. They actually do trade calls. They act out the call. Uh, one, I'm not going to steal another person's uh, product. And two, I'm just not that good at doing accents. And three, I don't know all the GM's accents. So I'm just going to tell you the trade, and you're going to tell me if you do it, if you pass on it, and if you have a counter. Sound good? Sounds good. <clears throat> all right, man. So starting off, Brooklyn Nets. This is the trade. The Brooklyn Nets uh, give up Alan Crabb and Rhonda Hollis-Jefferson for only Jimmy Butler. Now, obviously, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I jump all over that. But I feel like the only way that that trade is going to happen in real life uh, is if Brooklyn packages up a pick with those two guys. Otherwise, yes. I don't think the value's there. Yes, and that is fair. And Trade Machine does not have picks on it right now. So, uh, yeah, and you can say that. If a trade needs a pick for it to work, you can say that too. Excellent. All right, so that's a good trade. You like that? Yeah, I'd, I'd make that trade uh, 10 times out of 10 if I'm Brooklyn. Like I say, I think the value's not quite there for Minnesota. Um, maybe D'Angelo Russell could be another piece that would pique their interest. I don't know how married to him Brooklyn is. That's fair. Yeah, I just think Hollis Jefferson's got some good defensive potential, and then Alan Crabb. While he's not Jimmy Butler's caliber at all, um, you could still put him at starting shooting guard and be okay a little bit. Yeah. All right. Next trade. Uh, let's see here. All right. So, Charlotte Hornets <clears throat> trade Nicholas Batum in his terrible contract and Malik Monk, promising young player, and we'll say a pick just because for. Josh Akogi and Jimmy Butler. Um, and obviously, Akogi, I assume, is just in there to balance salaries. Yes, absolutely. I, I was going to say, Akogi doesn't move the needle either way for me. Um, if if I'm Charlotte, you got to do that move just to get away from that Batum contract, which has been an albatross hanging over them for ages. But it, trading Monk's a hard pill to swallow. So you do it? I still do it, but uh, like I say, I'm not thrilled about having to give up Monk. Yeah, yeah. Timberwolves get a young piece in Monk with some potential. He plays the same position as Jimmy. And while Batum has a terrible contract, he is a serviceable NBA player. Um, Stu, I think I'm going to switch gears. I think I confused this. I think you're going to be Minnesota's GM, and I'm presenting these trades to you. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that, honestly, that does make more sense because both of these, I was like, well, obviously. Um, okay. <laughs> Obviously, the teams are going to say yes. Yeah. That, that's my bad. Um, I actually do have another – oh, no, never mind. That's it. Okay. So, next trade. Cleveland Cavaliers. George Hill, Sam Decker, and a pick for Jimmy Butler. Now, unless I'm mistaken, uh, George Hill has spent some time in Minnesota already, hasn't he? Or do I have him? I think I might Jeff have Teague. Jeff Teague. Yeah, yeah. my bad. Um, so, let me hear it again. It's George Hill, Sam Decker, and a pick? Yes, sir. Absolutely not. That's uh, I like Sam Decker. I think he's a solid piece. Um, George Hill makes too much and doesn't contribute enough, in my opinion. Um, 
And I don't know. I think if Cleveland gets Jimmy Butler, they won't be bad enough um, where that pick that pick will be low lottery at best. All right. All right. Fair enough, man. Uh, I, I was just thinking George Hill with his defense. Tibbs might salivate over it, but I understand what you're saying. This is IGM, not Tibbs, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, I made the trade with the idea of Tibbs, so you can be Tibbs. I'm I'll sorry. get myself in that mindset. I'll think about ruining my players by playing them too many minutes. <laughs> All right, going to the Pistons. John Luer, Luke Kennard, and Stanley Johnson for Jimmy Butler. Now, this is interesting because Stanley Johnson obviously was extremely heralded coming into the league. Um, he's still on a good deal, and he – I don't think it's out of the question that he's a late bloomer. He's definitely a hard worker. Uh, if I'm if I'm me, I pull the trigger on that. Maybe I try and finagle a pick out of uh, out of Detroit as well. And I think Tibbs would be pretty excited to have uh, Jimmy Butler on his team, or rather, sorry, uh, Stanley Johnson on his team. All right, there we go. We've got a trade. Your first trade is the Timberwolves GM. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, here we go. Pacers. <clears throat> got a Bode, mm, Bohan. No, yeah, that's Bohan. Okay, Bohan Bogdanovich. Got my Bogdanovich is mixed up. Uh, Corey Joseph and Demata Sabonis for Jimmy Butler. I pulled the trigger on that in a heartbeat. Um, I like Corey Joseph. He's a good defender and uh, he's a solid. He's a very good backup point guard, and I think he can start. Um, and then. Obviously, I'm a Gonzaga fan, so I'm a little biased, but I'm crazy high on Demonis Sabonis, and I, I think he could end up as being an extremely good piece. And Bogdanovich plays pretty solid D and shoots the three pretty well. For sure, and I think Sabonis is a piece that um, long-term that you could pair with Carl Anthony Towns, and that, that'd be a good pairing, you know? Yeah, their games complement each other pretty nicely. And then for Indiana, uh, you would move Vic to point guard probably. Um, and, you know, you would run Vic, Jimmy. Um, Maybe Tyreek Evans. Evans. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Tyreek Evans and then Thad Young and Miles Turner. So, it could be done. Um, I, I thought there might be some pushback just because Vic and Jimmy played the same position. But Vic's capable of running the show. For sure. All right, here we go. Miami Heat, Goran Dragic, Justice Winslow, Jimmy Butler. Whew. Definitely, I definitely want to pick back on that. Um, actually, that's a no for me. I don't think um, I don't think Winslow's ceiling is high enough to. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Stanley Johnson, but I think that his offensive game isn't going to come along as well as I think Johnson. All right, fair enough. All right, moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> uh, John Henson, Tony Snell, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, is that you're talking? I definitely, definitely get the pickback from the Bucks as well on that. Um, and obviously, if I'm the Bucks, I'm all over this deal like a fat man on a smarty. Um, <laughs> you stick Jimmy Butler in that lineup, and they might allow like no points per game. Um, Yeah, that'd be a silly lineup. Bledsoe, Butler, Gian- or Middleton, move him to small forward. Giannis and then Paul Maker. Yes. 
I'd be I'd be into it. Um, but on on the same vein, I don't think the value. I think Minnesota gets better offers than that. So you're saying no? It's a no for me on that one. Yeah. It's a no for me, dog. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Minnesota Timberwolves, New York Knicks. Courtney Lee, Emmanuel Moutier, Frank Nilakina, Jimmy Butler, Aaron Brooks. Now, the downside, what that means for the Knicks is unless you sign somebody, you're probably starting Aaron, Bo- Aaron Brooks at point guard for a season, which is – Trey Burke. What? Trey Burke. I mean, I'm still going to say you're probably starting <laughs> Aaron Brooks. Um. Which is not ideal. Obviously, the Knicks are in a rebuild phase. Um, if I'm Minnesota, I do pull the trigger on that, though. Moutier, maybe he finds his game. And Neil Aquina is obviously a Tibbs player in that he works hard and plays great defense. That, that's, that's a yes for me. And this is – the Knicks are one of the favorites to land him. And these pieces would be why. Courtney Lee is a good piece for Tibbs, too. He he plays some solid defense. Yeah, I've been a Courtney, Court, Courtney Lee fan for a bit, actually. He he works hard. He shoots the ball pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's that would be a, a solid return for a guy who has said that he wants out. Fun fact, the only professional basketball player from Western Kentucky University is Courtney Lee. There you go. I, I did Very interesting. I didn't wait. <laughs> but, in fact, on the New York Knicks also – is Mitchell Robinson, who's going into his first year and is from Western Kentucky. So there you go. Is he really? Yes, sir. Ah, well, I failed there. Well, he's a rookie, so it's fine. It happens. That's cool, though. Well, now I don't want him to get traded. All right, anyways. Uh, Orlando Magic, Evan Fournier, Jonathan Simmons, Jimmy Butler. That's a no. Um, Even with a pick. If I'm making a trade with them, you want to get an Aaron Gordon, maybe who else is it? Yeah. Honestly, they don't have pieces where you could swing that into an attractive deal. I think it's happening for either team. I don't think acquiring Butler fits Orlando's timeline. I don't think that's worth it for Minnesota to get those pieces. Think Orlando's just thirsty for any star. <laughs> they would take. It's anybody. true. They it would definitely be beneficial for them financially to make a bit of a splash. But we'll see. It's um, as I've mentioned many times before, I think Mo Bamba is a future superstar. So if they share my evaluation on him, maybe they think they've already got that. <laughs> you, you, no love for the Frenchman Fournier. I don't hate Fournier. Um, I think Fournier's numbers benefit a lot from on a team with zero offensive talent. That's fair. All right. Going to the Philadelphia 76ers. Robert Covington, Markel Fultz. For Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Yeah, I pulled the trigger. Um, uh, Robert Covington, obviously, is a great piece. Um, And Markel Fultz, maybe with a new jump shot, could be a huge pickup for them. Um, realistically, there's probably either a first or a couple seconds involved in that trade going Minnesota's way. Um, but that's, this is what Philadelphia has been acquiring assets for, right? 
is to make a move to acquire a superstar, a la Jimmy Butler. Um, that's a pretty interesting deal, actually. I, I pull the trigger on that for if I'm either team. I think that's worth worth doing. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, if you're the Sixers, I mean, you got Simmons running your point, then you got Butler, you got recently acquired Wilson Chandler, you have Sarge, and you have Embiid. That's your starters. And then, you know, you have J.J. Reddick still coming off your bench. Um, you still got T.J. McConnell. Somehow he plays good for you. Um, so, you know, you still got some pieces to work with. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good deal for both sides. And if Fultz works out for Minnesota, ultimately I think he fits better with Minnesota and what they're trying to do and what their future needs to look like than Jimmy Butler would anyways. I agree, and uh, I just want to chime in on the uh, that starting lineup that you just listed up. Mm-hmm. The shortest guy in that starting lineup is Butler, who's six foot eight. So I I would like to see that happen, just to see a team trot out a lineup that big. That's pretty impressive. Even if they're in your division, Stu. And this is this doesn't leave the <laughs> podcast and our listeners, but. Um, <laughs> Philadelphia is kind of my second team, even though they're in our division. I, I really like them. They're fun to watch. Oh, my gosh. It's cool. I like the Nuggets, too. So, they're it's, in our division. I mean, obviously, Raptors versus Philly, I'm rooting Raptors. But I hope Philly continues to be good. They're, they're good for the league with all the young talent they got. All right. Well, speaking of your team, this is my proposed deal. For you guys, I actually have looks like four deals for you. So, all right, here you go. First one: Minnesota acquires Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell. Raptors acquire Butler, Teague, and Jang. And the Raptors have to give up a pick, obviously. Um. So this is due to the uh, rules re-trading first-round picks um, in consecutive years. We actually can't move a pick until uh, our 2021 first-round pick is the one that will be going there, which is obviously you don't want to mortgage your future that much. On the other hand, with the Kelly Leonard deal, we're in win-now mode. Uh, Trading Kyle Lowry is, again, a tough pill to swallow, but he makes a ton of money and um, is aging. I I would do it, um, and... Obviously, I would need to be pretty confident that we could get Jimmy to re-sign. Uh, but I think him and Kawhi Leonard playing together, pretty interesting. Would you start Teague over your boy FVV? Would I start who, sorry? Jeff Teague. No, we have um, – I would start Fred Van Vliet, honestly. All right, that's fair. How you like having Gorgie Jang there? I know you like Gorgie Jang. Uh, Gorgie Jang is a favorite. Gorgie Jang is um, – I have a weird story about Gorgie Jang. Uh, so, many years ago, when Gorgie Jang still played for the University of Louisville. Uh, yes, yes. Um, and they were in the tournament. I was uh, on a school trip, and we were in France. And uh, <laughs> there was a, uh, a Senegalese guy that I was talking to there. And uh, he he was trying to sell me knockoff watches or something, which I bought. They broke instantly. But um, <laughs> the point the point being that uh, I had picked up a newspaper that had the uh, had the scores from the tournament in it because I was trying to stay up to date because I'm a basketball nerd. 
and he saw that I had it, and, I was, and he was like, oh, do you know Gordy Jang? Like, I love that guy. He's my favorite player. Um, and I, I don't know what it is, but that's kind of what enamored me so much to Gorgie Jang is just being across, like, a world away. People speak a different language, and this guy was so excited because it's his uh, his countrymen doing so well in the league. So, uh, yeah, uh, and I love what Gorgie Jang brings, I think. He's a good hustle, good shop walker. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, Gorgie Jang adds to the diversity that is the Raptors roster. You know, they have yes, sir. a lot of different nationalities being represented there. So, thank you, Fit Seamlessly. All right, this next trade is the same pieces, exactly. But throw in Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, so, this is you assuming you don't know the other trade. All right. Okay. Because obviously you probably wouldn't do it knowing the first trade, but you throw in Jonas, JV, Jonas Valanciunas, and you get back Todd Gibson and Abdiption. That's a no for me. Um, Jonas is – he's important to what we do, and he added added a three-point shot to his game last year, and I think we'll continue to improve on that. Whereas with Taj Gibson, um, you know what you have. And it's important in any discussion of Jonas Valanciunas. He's been in the league for a while, but you got to remember, he's only 26. All right. See, I, I said I had four deals, but you're getting back the same players, so it's you're not going to change it. Basically, it was for the Timberwolves. I had – you could basically shuffle Norm Powell, Danny Green, or C.J. Miles in those deals. If you're the Timberwolves, who do you want more, C.J. Miles, Danny Green, or Norm Powell? If I'm the Timberwolves, I think my, my number one guy that I'd like is Danny Green. Um, and the last guy I would want is Norman Powell, um, having watched Norman Powell mm-hmm. all season. Um, <laughs> that that said, uh, I think the most likely guy to get moved, if there were a deal, is probably C.J. Miles. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Tibbs would be happy to get him. He works hard on D, and he, he can hit the three. He's a reasonable piece. Yep. There you go. All right. The Raptors covered by the Raptors. <laughs> All right. We got one more team in the East, the Washington Wizards. This is a simple trade straight up. Jimmy Butler, Bradley Bill. Oh. Oh. Um, this depends on if there, how much truth there is to the rumors of um, Bradley Beal and John Paul not getting along. That said, given what we know about Jimmy Butler as a person and what's come out, <laughs> um, I would say if, I, if I'm Washington, I'm not going to trade one guy who doesn't get along with our point guard for another guy who probably won't. And Beal's younger and you drafted him. I, I think that's a no uh, on both sides. Again, the Timberwolves can probably do better. And uh, I don't think Washington wants to give up Beal. Yeah. Uh, the the reason I, I like this deal is because I, I don't look at the off the court stuff on the. I'm just looking basketball wise, and you know I've said on this podcast before. You know I don't think players like two guards who play essentially the same way is very conducive to wins and success in the NBA. You know I brought up Portland Trail Blazers with Lillard and McCollum, and I brought up the Wizards with Wall and Beal. And I think that holds true. I think Bill plays very similar to Wall, and Butler does not. Butler has a definitive style compared to John Wall. He has a post-up. Um, you know, he's a stronger guy. 
Uh, he doesn't do a lot with the ball in his hands as much as Beal does. And, you know, flip side, I think Bradley Beal has some playmaking ability. I think he has some good ball vision. I think if they wanted to, they could start Brad Beal at point guard for that Minnesota Timberwolves team. Um, so that that's why I think it works both ways. That's actually a pretty interesting take. And um, it is true, Bradley Beal in his rookie season started, because um, John Wall was injured, started quite a few games at point for uh, for the Wizards. So it, it, it depends. And um, it, it if it is true that since Jimmy Butler's asked out, um, maybe the best thing you can do is get a guy who's stats-wise kind of a one-to-one replacement for him in Beal. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to do the Warriors trade first for the Western Conference or last? Uh, let's do the Warriors trade first because I don't really want to think about this. So, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's get right. this over so, with. Clay Thompson, Jordan Bell for Jimmy Butler. Instant. Instant Yes. Instant, yes. Both ways? Definitely yes for the Timberwolves. Um, and if the rumblings that I've heard that maybe Clay Thompson isn't going to stay in Golden State are true, then it's a definite yes but for uh, Golden State as well. Somehow, Hollinger's analysis says that this trade takes away eight wins from the Timberwolves. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I don't uh, know how. I yeah, I I disagree with that. Um, but it's Hollinger's advanced stats, and I have never really gotten along. So that's <laughs> just more proof of that. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. And then uh, if you look at the Warriors, it like I've never seen this. It says you have not affected the winning percentage of this team at all. <laughs> uh, it's the Warriors. It is what it is. All right, let's move on to happier thoughts. Um. Houston Rockets, Ooh. Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler. Again, because you know that he wants out, if you give me a first back, um, I do that if I'm Minnesota just to get him out of there and acquire first. Actually, I still don't do it. Houston will be so good if you make that trade that mm-hmm. – um, that that pick will be that pick could be thirty second if you make that trade honestly. This is fair. I, I was just thinking Minnesota wise, Tucker's a defender, Tibbs is like, and Gordon is a proven scorer, and also, um, you know, has some playmaking capabilities. So, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, with the pick being terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right, Memphis Grizzlies unloads the house for Jimmy Butler. Garrett Temple, the Brooks, Marshawn and Dylan Brooks, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, definitely. Definitely make that trade um, if I'm Minnesota. I'm Because I think Mark Gasol wants to contend as well right now, mm-hmm. I, could see, I could see Memphis looking at that trade and thinking about pulling the trigger on that. They still have a pretty solid defensive core with uh, Conley and Mark, and um, yeah, I, I think that, that makes sense for both sides. And uh, honestly, do they have the cap space to re-sign Butler? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Um, let's see here. It says cap room negative $20 million. So, it's, it's close. I don't know. Um, 
If I'm if I'm Memphis, I definitely take a long hard look at that. And if I'm, uh, I mean, Jaron Jackson well, Jr. is obviously an incredible prospect, and I'm very high on Dylan Brooks as well. Uh, so, I, if I if I'm Minnesota, I pull the trigger on that right away. Yeah, and Temple plays good defense too, which Tibbs would like. But um, I actually forgot to mention this. Um, shout out to Stephen Nolan of Thunder's Intentions, uh, friend of the show, friend of the pod, friend of Thunder Thunder Chats. He pointed out to me. Whoever trades for Jimmy Butler also acquires his bird rights. So, even if it puts you over the cap, you can still extend him. That's interesting. That uh, that yeah. Then if I'm Memphis, I'm definitely going for that. This is your your push to get back into playoffs and get relevant again, which um, I think is important in Memphis, where the fan base, what fans they do have, are pretty rabid, but it's not a gigantic market. And, like, if I'm being honest, I would love to watch a big three of Mike Conley, Jimmy Butler, and Marcus Gasol. Again, think of the defense. It would be exceptional. <laughs> All right. Um, going to the Pelicans, Solomon Hill, Jewish Randall, and a pick for Jimmy Butler. Whew. Um, yeah, it's a yes for me on um, on both ends. I think New Orleans – Picking up another superstar to put next to AD it has got to be the their first intention in everything that they do. So this is their chance to do that, and hopefully he doesn't leave for Golden State after a year. <laughs> do Drew and Jimmy make the best backcourt defensive pair in the league? It's up there. Um, and just in general, again, the defense on that team um, is great. It leaves them with a pretty big hole at uh, the four-five slot. Whoever's playing next, Anthony Davis. But Mirage. I didn't hate what I didn't hate what Check Diallo brought them in fairly limited minutes last year. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, I, I would make that trade for both teams. Yeah. What about Miritich though? Um, I, I don't love guys who play absolutely no D, which is why <laughs> I'm hard on I'm hard on Miritich, But it's true. He probably. And he probably does start if they make that deal. All right. Phoenix Suns, Ryan Anderson, TJ Warren, Josh Jackson, Jimmy Butler, Jeff Teague. Oh, and a pick. And a pick. Sorry. I mean, yeah, I make that trade for both teams. Um, the, uh, the point guard rotation in Phoenix is atrocious. And if you add <laughs> – if you add Jimmy Butler to that team, that that could be a playoff team, depending on how Eaton shows out um, and makes the transition. It sucks for them to lose Jackson, but uh, also Tom Thibodeau, I think, probably has a poster of Josh Jackson on his wall. <laughs> so uh, he, he's definitely a fan of that deal. Yeah, there I mean, you go, man. And then, um, you know, the Suns. Uh, you know, you can keep Booker there at the shooting guard because Jimmy can play small forward. You finally get a point guard with uh, Jeff Teague. And, of course, you got Aiton, who uh, – Aiton, I don't know. Yeah, Aiton probably starts right away. But – I would say so. You think Ariza can play power forward? I think it's worth a shot. Um, or even you could have Jimmy out there defending force. It's not exactly his strength, but because Ariza's a great perimeter defender – Maybe that's the way that you solidify your defense the best. This is true. Jimmy Strong. 
Um, and I think for the Timberwolves, um, as opposed to a lot of teams in the league, I think Ryan Anderson actually fits nicely alongside Carl Towns. That's a good point. It gets uh, gives Carl a little more space to work down low. Um, and, yeah, like I say, getting Josh Jackson there, I think Josh Jackson has a good future in this league. And I, I would be – the Timberwolves would be excited to get him. And, of course, your boy T.J. Warren. So, you know. Uh, I do love me some T.J. Warren. I, that's uh, some much-needed – at worst, some much-needed bench scoring for, uh, for Minnesota. All right, going to Portland. Now, I just want to preface this by saying that I did try Jimmy Butler, C.J. McCollum straight up. Did not work. So, Minnesota Timberwolves receive C.J. McCollum, Mo Harkless, Zach Collins. Trailblazers receive Jimmy Butler, Jeff T. Todd Gibson. Um, gives you a good backup point guard in Jeff T. If you're Portland, again, losing Collins. Which they don't have. Stuck. Yeah, but they're, again, they're right now, who's their, back, their backup point guard? looks like it's either Wade Baldwin, the fourth, or Jerry Payton the second. Um, <laughs> a bunch a lot of numbers. Of, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of guys, a lot of sequels in their backcourt. But um, yeah, I think, and I think it's become clear that Portland can't win with uh, C.J. McCollum and um, Damian Lillard. So I think that's that's a trade that they almost have to make just to try and flip the script and try something new. Yeah, and then, you know, I mean, Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson, they're both veterans in the league. Um, their lineup after that would look something like Lillard, Butler, Alfred Aminu, uh, Taj Gibson, and Nurk. So, they would uh, – they'd have a tough lineup, honestly. Like, a lineup, like, full of tough guys. You know, you look at CJ, you look at Harkless, and especially you look at Zach Collins, who I've already established looks like Goob from either Robinson's. Um, they just don't scream toughness. But if you look at that lineup, then to me, that says toughness. I don't know about you. I mean, I'll scrap you over uh, saying that Zach Collins isn't tough. Uh, that's that's my Gonzaga dude right there. You can't you come <laughs> in with this slander like that. Um, and that would be, obviously, if Minnesota's making that trade, it would be based on the fact that they think Zach Collins is going to turn into something, uh, which I, I would agree with. Yeah, and again, you know, CJ can obviously play the point guard role. He's shown playmaking capabilities. And you can put Heartless alongside of uh, of Wiggins. And, I mean, you can start Zach Collins with Carl Towns. You know, he spaces the floor a little bit like Ryan Anderson. He also gets you a little bit more. So, I, I think it would be an interesting lineup for the Timberwolves, honestly. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely – of the trades, it's the one that I – it, it piques my interest the most in terms of, like, they could do some neat things with the the, line, the players they get back. All right. Going to the Sacramento Kings. Got Iman Shumpert, De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald for a Jimmy Butler. Um, And I like all those guys, but I don't think that's worth it for um, – for Minnesota, again, De'Aaron Fox, I think, has all-star upside. But, yeah, and Buddy Heald is obviously a, a very solid two, good defender, good shooter. But I think Minnesota gets better offers than that. All right. That's fair. What's that in the pick? 
Actually, if they had a pick, I'd probably do that just because I think Jimmy Butler doesn't move the needle for them enough to get them out of, like, the top 10 range for picks, which could be enough for uh, Minnesota. Yeah, which is probably why Sacramento doesn't offer a pick. But yeah, you never know. I mean, Jimmy with Scow and Lily, they're not making any noise in the West. Moving on. <laughs> uh, San Antonio Spurs. All right, this is a big one. You got Pau Gasol. Patty Mills, Jakob Pertle, Deontay Murray, for Jimmy Butler, Todd Gibson. I like the return if I'm Minnesota, but for that reason, I don't think that's I don't think that trade happens. I think um, I think San Antonio just got Pertle in exchange for Leonard, so clearly they think there's something there. Obviously, he's the auxiliary piece to DeRozan in that trade, but still. Um, yeah, that's a no for me, probably on both sides, because it, even with a pick, it's just it's not worth it. Well, yeah, I just thought Bibbs would be salivating over DeJounte Murray. Oh, and definitely. The Timber Bulls, man. Pagasol to the Timber Bulls. It's definitely – um. Yeah, it's it's definitely attractive, but like I say, it's more more than anything else. It's just they'll get better offers than that. And for San Antonio, do you really want to blow it up for a guy who might not resign? Well, yeah, uh, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just you know starting lineup, just projection: Lonnie Walker, DeRozan, Butler, Aldridge, Todd Gibson. I think it's pretty pretty solid starting. Um, obviously, it, losing Patty Mills off the bench hurts you, but. You were saying something? No, I was just thinking that's, uh, yeah, I'm like, it, I, I see the appeal in it, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's not a very Spursy move, really. I understand. Yeah. All right, here we go. Now, this is an interchangeable deal. Um, so, Utah Jazz, the clapback king, Joe Ingles. Grayson Allen, and your choice of Thaba Cephalosha or Jay Crowder for Jimmy Butler? Um, you put Crowder in there, and I think that's that's the type of deal that gets uh gets Tibbs going. Uh, obviously, plays good defense, and uh, hits, hits the three very well. Grayson Allen, maybe he turns into something other than a guy who trips people. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, and obviously, um, Jay Crowder is a hard worker. He's a, he's a tips player through and through. Uh, Utah probably has to throw in a pick in there to make that work and make that that deal stand out. But um, I think that happens. I, I, I make that trade for both teams. All right. There you go. All right. I've got, for my last one, uh, you know, I've got to do Thunder picks, right? Of course. So, the first one, this is Steven Adams for Jimmy Butler straight up. I do that deal 10 times out of 10. Um, if I'm Minnesota, you put Steven Adams next to Cat, and I think that helps with a lot of his defensive deficiencies and helps with a lot of Wiggins' defensive deficiencies as well. Does Oklahoma City do that deal? I don't think so. I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I actually did a poll the other day on Twitter, in which I, you know, if it took giving up Steven or a first to get Jimmy Butler, would you do it? 
and I had like 250 votes. And first place, or I had four choices. I had 100%, just the first, just Adams, or no chance. Um, just Adams was the lowest. Yeah, and that's 100%, that... which means both of them was second lowest. So that tells me Oklahoma City Thunder fans do not want to get rid of Stephen Adams. <laughs> Which is, which is obvious. I mean, he's a big part of what you guys do, and he's he's still young and doesn't make waves. So, uh, yeah, he. I don't think Oklahoma City does that trade, um, but Minnesota would love to. Yeah. All right, got a couple more here. Excellent. Andre Robertson, Patrick Patterson, Alex Abrinas, Jimmy Butler. I mean, Andre Robertson has tips hot and sweaty right now i'm sure mm-hmm. um but i yeah that's a no for me i don't think the i don't think the return is good enough for uh your trading who's a guy who's probably a top 10 top 15 player in the league when he's at his best for really a bunch of role players and let it be known we would throw in a pick but we can't trade a first round pick until 2024 so <laughs> Jeez. All right, last one. Here we go. Dennis Schroeder, Patrick Patterson, Terrence Ferguson for Jimmy Butler and Tyus Jones. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, I think Minnesota probably makes that deal because, again, Butler's let it be known that uh, he wants out, and it's nice to get a guy with some big upside in, uh, in Terrence Ferguson. I think Patrick Patterson's definitely a Tibbs type of player. He works pretty hard on D and plays within the team. And then Schroeder is gives them the opportunity to have a legitimate starting point guard. Um, and uh, obviously Oklahoma City, I would say, pulls the trigger on that in a heartbeat just because that starting lineup with uh, Westbrook, George, and Butler is fearsome, to say the least. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, like I said – um, I actually did my podcast um, foolishly by saying that I don't think we – or saying that there's no way we could keep Russ, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, and Steven Adams on max contracts. But, again, Stephen pointed out that we do, in fact, have Jimmy's bird rights, and if he wanted to sign a max contract with us, we could do so. And we wanted to pay the money, we could do so. So, man. If you have Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Stephen Adams, like that's a championship. That that like that's uh, that moves you. I would say to the favorites to win the title, even over Golden State. Like that's a pretty insane starting lineup, for sure. And I mean, in that point, you know, you, you take Robes out of the deal, so you still have Robertson. Like, if, has there ever been a better defensive lineup in the league? <laughs> Probably not. You'd you'd have to dive deep to find one. Yeah, that's a uh, so that's that's one thing. And uh, I also put out a poll on Twitter about that um, with the Dennis. Ultimately, I don't think it happens just because uh, Oklahoma City um, they did a documentary series uh, with Dennis Schroeder talking about you know his journey through the NBA and uh, what uh, what he's looking forward to coming to the Thunder. Um, so I don't think that it's going to happen. And it was pretty split. I, I basically said, you know, I don't think this happens, especially with the documentary, but would you do this? And, you know, I had this trade on there. 
And 51% said, why not, which is yes. And 49% said, don't hate on the Schrody, which is no. And that's 134 votes. So it's pretty split. Ultimately, I don't think it gets done. But if it was my choice, I would do it. Yeah, that's like, like I say, it, it's it's an interesting deal. But again, it's a lot to give up for a guy you're not certain will resign. Is the the caveat to be put on all of these, really. But wouldn't it be the ultimate heat check after getting Paul George to resign for Sam Presti just to be like, let's do it again? <laughs> And it, it would be hilarious if you pulled it off, though obviously re-signing him with his bird rights takes you so deep in the luxury tax that um, the historically somewhat cheap Oklahoma City ownership probably isn't into it. Let me ask you this. If we was able to pull that deal off and Butler sign long-term with us, would you forgive Sam Presti for the James Harden thing? I think you would have to. I, I think – and I mean, I, I already am past that. I mean – I'm not Bill Simmons. I'm not bringing that up every time uh, <laughs> Every time the Thunder come up. But, um, yeah, I think at that point, it, it's Presti has clearly redeemed himself. All right, man. There you go. Uh, that was that was every team I could think of. Is there any uh, – I, I left out Boston, like I told you, because a lot of their pieces um, – most of their pieces, really, are on – uh, smaller contracts, so it's hard to couple. You can't justify coupling four of them just to get back Jimmy Butler um, because also all their young pieces are really good. <laughs> so you actually, I think Boston will lose in a deal like that, so I just didn't do one. Um, was there any other team that you just, like, like stuck out that I missed? Um, No, actually, I think uh, the only other team that would have, like, uh, I guess we didn't do the Mavericks, but the Mavericks are, it, it's kind of a chaotic situation and I don't know how much they would want Butler to begin with. So. Yeah. Um, the thing with the Mavericks is I thought that you would either have to give up Luke or Dennis. And I just don't know if they do. Yeah. I, I think it's basically a hundred percent that they want to hang on to those guys. Oh, uh, I didn't do the Lakers either. Um, just because. The, you know, they've proved stingy in the Kawhi situation with not wanting to give up any of their stars. So there just wasn't a deal to be made there. Plus, Kawhi was making a significantly smaller amount than Jimmy Butler was. So, yeah. Yeah. Harder to do. But hey, Stu, we, we covered all the teams, man. Um, that's all I got to say. You got anything else to add to the pod? No, I think, uh, I think we've touched on everything. But you know who I think might have something to add? Is Maddie Moles. Maddie Moles. All right. Before we play Maddie Moles, uh, let everybody know where they can catch you at. Oh, uh, obviously, you guys can catch me on uh, at Northern Connect 2 on Twitter. And um, it's if you guys are on Anchor, uh, following stat changes already, which you better be, um, give, give the Raptors rundown a follow. Uh, I'm going to start cranking out some content. Um, at the very latest when the season starts, but we'll see if news starts coming out in training camp and I start to develop some opinions. Maybe I'll be talking a little more. Tag on, right. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ThunderChats. Um, there, you know, I interact, post my podcast, I post my articles, anything Thunder or NBA related you can find there. Uh, we will be back next week on Monday to recap the biggest stories from 
media day of training camp. And, uh, yeah, until then, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Here's Matty Moles. Stu, tell him bye. Bye, y'all. Take it easy, guys. Take it away, Matty. What's going on, everybody? This is Matty Moles, and we have an emergency podcast. That's right. Jimmy Butler is requesting a trade from the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's listed the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Los Angeles Clippers as his three teams uh, that he would like to go to. And recent reports are saying that he is trying to force his way to Los Angeles where he can be a part of a core next summer of three All-Stars playing in Los Angeles. Very interesting. There is history of players saying that they want to go play in Los Angeles. But the Oklahoma City Thunder bet on themselves and traded for Paul George anyway. That was successful. The Toronto Raptors have traded for Kawhi Leonard. The jury is still out. We don't know what's going to happen with that. And now Jimmy Butler talking about wanting to go play in Los Angeles. And no, it's not with LeBron. It is to forge his own team, his own super team, if you will, wearing the red, white, and blue in the Staples Center. So very interesting news here. That does not necessarily mean, however, he's going to end up there. And I know Dylan and Stu are going to get on here in just a bit, or maybe if they decided to jump me in the order of this podcast, uh, they just talked about the current situation. But there could be other teams that are willing to give Minnesota more if one of those three requested teams tries to lowball the Minnesota Timberwolves. So it literally could be anyone because the Toronto Raptors at until the final hour weren't the favorite to get Kawhi Leonard. The Oklahoma City Thunder came out of absolutely nowhere to attain the services of Paul George. So it'll be very interesting. Now me as a Thunder fan, I either want him to come to OKC somehow or I want him to get the heck up out of the Western Conference. That's just me. What I'm going to do is this is Stat Chasers. Welcome. We are going to talk about some of the statistics that Jimmy Butler had last season in Minnesota. So first, people think Jimmy Butler. They call him Jimmy Buckets, but what he brings to the table is good defense. At least that's his reputation. We'll get into that. So on a Minnesota Timberwolves team that didn't have a lot of defensive stoppers, right? Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Wiggins, are both huge liabilities on the defensive end. Jimmy Butler was required to get the biggest, the baddest wing on the other team night in and night out. His tracking numbers, according to NBA advanced, uh, NBA.com's advanced stats, 
he allowed 1.9% less from three-point line and was even uh, for two-pointers. Now, he's a guard. He's 6'8", only 236 pounds. He was not a strong defender in the paint, although you don't really expect your guards to be studs uh, defending the paint. Uh, He allowed 2.3% higher than league average. And within 6 feet and within 10 feet, he allowed 1.6% better um, on field goal attempts. And that's how that's how teams decided to attack him. So it's very interesting to see that he really had a, a solid impact on the floor despite not having a lot of team defense around him. And he was still able to score 22.2 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, and 4.9 assists. So he brought quite a bit of of value on the offensive end of the floor as well. He averaged two steals a game, which is phenomenal. He set his uh, career high in that regard. And he averaged 0.4 blocks per game. Very effective on the defensive end, while still achieving near career highs across the board for offense or setting career highs for offense. So he shot 47% from the field, 35% from three-point land, which was good for his third, fourth best clip in his career, Um, but much better than than two years previous in Chicago. And he shot 85% from the free throw line. One thing that was of interest is that his free throw attempts per game dipped a whole 1.7 attempts per game. That helped to result in him averaging 1.7 less points per game from year over year year from 2016 to 2018. Overall, Jimmy Butler is still a solid player. He's 29 years old, has a lot left in the tank, but he's definitely entering his prime. Going to spotrack.com and looking at Jimmy Butler and his contracts. He's on the hook for the 18-19 season for... A cap hit of $20.4 million, but he's got a player option after this season where he's going to become a max player. Very interesting stuff for whoever wants to trade for him. And that, that's, that tends to be the going rate for stars in the NBA is that you trade them prior to them ever seeing their final year on that team and trying to get something for them and other teams, maybe because Oklahoma city was successful in getting Paul George to stay 
are going to take more of those shots. Toronto Raptors did it. Really, Minnesota took a big chance on bringing him in. And it worked, right? They made the playoffs in a stacked Western Conference. But Minnesota gave up Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, who turned out to be a solid player, and Laurie Markinen, who looks to be ever bit of a budding star. I'm not going to call him a superstar, but he looks to be a budding star in the Eastern Conference for the Chicago Bulls. It's looking like that was a risk that you had to take, but that has just not worked out. Now, there are many rumors as to why uh, why it hasn't worked out with Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. Some people say that it's because Jimmy Butler didn't like the work ethic that Carl Anthony Towns and An- Andrew Wiggins brought to the table. You didn't really hear Taj Gibson coming out and saying anything like that about his other teammates, but Taj Gibson probably wouldn't. And Taj Gibson was in the same situation that Jimmy Butler was in several years ago. Derrick Rose, same thing. Derrick Rose decided to stay. So it looks looks to be that Jimmy Butler maybe doesn't have a point here. Now, granted, I know Wiggins and I know Cat aren't the best players when it comes to playing defense, and they do look to be taken out of games sometimes. But I think a lot of that could be the head coach and not necessarily the players involved. Maybe Jimmy is done with Tib, uh, with Thibodeau. But there's a juicier rumor that Jimmy Butler had uh, certain relations with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend. I know that we're not turning this into a TMZ podcast, but we could just say that potentially the chemistry in the locker room had more to do with an effort on the court and maybe somebody's efforts off the court. Team chemistry and team dynamics are important in the NBA. And if that's the case, it's going to be tough to find two other all-stars that are going to want to play with Jimmy Butler. It's not the case. Jimmy Butler could help any team win a championship. I don't know about being the number one guy. He'd be a strong number two and most certainly a ridiculous number three option on any team. So, looking at a potential trade, and I think Dylan and Stu are going to get into more of these potential trades, going to the trade machine on ESPN.com. But one potential deal could be Tobias Harris and Lou Williams leaving Los Angeles to go to Minnesota, and Jimmy Butler going to Los Angeles, and... Maybe draft picks one way or another get moved around, but it works. That's successful. Why would the Clippers do it? They get Jimmy Butler. They don't really give up a lot of assets, and they move on from Lou Williams' uh, money, which frees up additional funds for them to go nuts next offseason. Why would Minnesota do it? Well, if they're only going to send Jimmy somewhere that he wants to go, which they have absolutely zero incentive to do. Tobias Harris is a solid piece on a team that is trying to compete for the playoffs. 
and Lou Williams could provide the scoring punch they are going to miss by missing out on those 22 points per game. Also, Lou Williams could get inserted right into the starting lineup where Jimmy Butler used to be, and Tobias Harris could fit in for a small ball or uh, potentially uh, to go a little larger if they wanted to put Wiggins at the two and put Harris at the three spot and still keep Lou Williams coming off the bench. Either way, that would give them options and allow them to stay competitive after losing an all-star caliber player in Jimmy Butler. So that's been my analysis. Let me know what you think. If you hate me, let me know about it on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Matty Moles Pod. That's M-A-T-T-Y-M-U-L-L-S Pod. And uh, I look forward to hearing your com- your comments. Talk to you later. Bye.